Psalms chapter 24. You can remain seated. We're going to, I don't know how far we'll go before we'll just stop for a minute. Psalms 24. Pastor made a statement and, um, Sunday morning and Sunday night, and maybe it may have even been said before that, but he said we get quiet when we start talking about our time. He said he made the statement, which is true. We say usually when someone gets up and starts trying to take up an offering or something, everybody gets quiet or we start talking about money. People get quiet, but he said we will almost get quieter when we begin to talk about our time more than anything else because our time, we put a value on our time. And sometimes we put a value on our time in areas that we should not put that. And that has really been going over in, on repeat um, in my mind, and in my spirit, and in my scheduling of just my my day and my days and my week because time is truly, we know that time is at hand, but time is such a precious thing that we have right now because right now every individual that is in this room still has time. I don't know in the next few seconds if we're going to have time, but right now, I'm looking around and no one has expired, I don't think, in here. So we have time. And what a gift God has given us in this moment of time. Psalms 24, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and the righteousness from God, from the God of his salvation. This is a generation. This is a people. This is a body of them that seek Him, that seek Thy face. This is a generation of them that seek Him, that seek Thy face. The Amplified would say this, this is a generation a description of those who seek Him, who inquire of Him and for Him, and of necessity require Him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Selah. Pause and think of that. Tonight, in your hearing tonight, I want to just talk to you about the importance of seeking what are you seeking? What am I seeking? Lord, we love you tonight. We're thankful for your presence. I pray tonight, God, that next few moments, Lord, that I would only say what you would have for me to say. And I would only do what you would have for me to do. Lord, I pray tonight that your anointing would rest 
on this body. Lord, your word is anointed and it's forever settled. And I pray that same anointing would rest in here, oh God. Cover our minds and our hearts and our spirits tonight. Cover our ears tonight so that we could hear and our understanding and our spirits so that we could understand and not just be hearers tonight of the word, but to be doers also of your word. In the name of Jesus, we give you thanks and we give you praise. Amen. 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 The psalmist, the beginning of 24, begins to talk about the fullness of who the Lord is. All things, he's saying, are created. All things, the world, and they that dwell therein. All of the fullness is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's. There's nothing that has been created by the creative power of God Almighty that He did not own and that was not His before He ever spoke it into existence. He has founded it, the psalmist says, upon the seas and established it upon the floods. He has done all of these great things. And the psalmist says, Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Who is going to be the one? Because there are going to be creatures, and there's going to be a creation, and there's going to be people, and there are going to be different tribes, and there are going to be different tongues that are seeking after different things and different aspiring to go into different directions and, 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 and pressing their sights, Brother Sanders, into certain things and dialing in. In our world that we live in presently today, there are people that are very uh, focus-driven, they're very driven on their time, as we've talked about at the beginning uh, when I first got up. There are people that are dialed in on what they will be and who they will be. But the psalmist says, who's going to ascend into the hill? Who's going to go into the place where the Lord is at? We find ourselves, even in Christianity today, we find ourselves walking around the place where God really is. Walking around gates and walking around courts and walking around places where His presence dwells and where His presence is. We have found ourselves sometimes that we have become comfortable or I have become comfortable. I'll put my mirror up at the very beginning tonight so that you don't have to worry about any of that. There's a mirror between me and you, and I'm looking at myself tonight. Does that sound good? Well, good. Okay. All right. Hello, 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 hello out there. And we have become, I have become comfortable sometimes of being in the place where I know that it feels comfortable to be. It feels comfortable to be in an atmosphere or around an atmosphere where you know someone has put in the footwork. Someone has went before you. Someone has went before me, Sister Savannah, and has laid the foundation so that I can walk in to that thing. Now, foundations are good, and we need to be preparing a foundation and always building upon things so that those that are coming behind us have something solid to walk on. All right, amen. I believe that tonight. 
But I'm talking more tonight about someone who has put in the work of praying and paving a way. And then I find myself, Bishop, because of time and because of situation, holding on sometimes to the shirt tail or the coat tail, if you will, of someone who, I'm just as busy as you are, but I am shifting my time so that I can go into the hill, so that I can ascend into the place where the presence of the Lord is. I don't know about you tonight. I do know about you tonight because you're here on a cold Wednesday evening uh, in the very beginning part of January, and it was dark before most of you got off work uh, tonight before you got home for a few minutes before you came here. So I think I do know the company for the most part that I am in. But I am desiring to be in a place where the Spirit of God, I can no longer be comfortable just coming in as I have always come in and going through the motions, if you will, or going through the things that we have always done, that I have always done. The psalmist said, who will ascend into the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place? He didn't say those that have one time repented of their sins. He didn't say those that have one time said, you know what, I'm going to turn away from this and I'm going to go in the right direction. But the psalmist says those that have clean hands, that have pure hearts, who have not lifted up their souls unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord. What are you trying to say tonight? I'm trying to say tonight that it's very possible for me to come in here on a, on a Wednesday night in January and go through the motions because my mind, my, uh, my, my focus, my time is not pushing towards Him, is not dwelling on Him. I'm thinking about what I have to do when I leave here or what is going to come, a task or an assignment for tomorrow. But I want to know, is there anybody in the room tonight that says, I've come on a Wednesday night. I've come with my time. I've come with what God has blessed me with. I've come in this place, maybe not feeling 100%, but I have come in this house tonight. I have come into a place where God uh, resides and where he dwells. I have come into a house tonight to seek the face of the Lord. The psalmist said, He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and the righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation that seeks him. That seeks him. This is the generation that that seeks Him. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that I cannot rightfully seek all that God is until I walk through a place, until I find a place at an altar, until I find a place, until I find a place where I can get clean hands, until I find a place where I can get a pure heart. I'm going to just be me for just a minute, but sometimes time, 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 time is slipping. And so I think sometimes maybe I can go, I better not jump. Last time I did, Brother Turner. 
I'll drop to the ground. But time, sometimes I won't even try. I need to be here. But I don't feel like I have time to go through all the places. Now tonight, there's people in this room that could teach you right now through the tabernacle and that could talk about all of those different kinds of things. But if I don't get to the altar, if I don't get to a place where I can die, I have got to die out to some things. I, I, I cannot be content just to, uh, just, just to go through the motions. I, I can't be content uh, to just hope that I can, I can get to point B without first leaving A and walking the distance or pacing the distance between that, uh, that, that, that segment, be- between that point from A to B. I have got to take some time. And I have got to get in a place. I've got to get at an altar. I've got to get at a place where God can deal with me, where God can work on me. And I know I'm in a, I'm in a, a witness of people tonight that understand what I'm saying. Maybe I'm saying this just for the one or two and for me, three, uh, that need to be reminded. But I have got to find a place at an altar so that the things that are in my life that don't need to be in my life. We get worked up on and the adversary will convince us that we shouldn't even kneel down or get down at an altar to pray because of the things that we have going on in our lives and the things that are causing maybe chaos in our lives and the things that are causing our hands to be dirty and the things that are causing our hearts to not be pure, the things that are causing our minds to go in a million different places. But the Lord said, hey, if you can come to an altar, I don't believe the psalmist who I believe was inspired by the Spirit and the presence of the Lord when he would begin to write. I don't believe the psalmist would have said, uh, those that have clean hands, that means that somebody had dirty hands before. But if you can get to a place and get a revelation that it is bigger than all of the creation that he has made and all the perfection of the creation that he has made and I've got to find a place tonight. I've got to find a place at an altar so that I can be broken, so that the things that have caused me, that have conflicted me, so that the things that have got me uh, in a a bind, if you will, I've got to get to a place where those things can be erased. I need God to work the miracle. Whoa. Whoa. And I don't have time to do all of these steps. But I just need God to work the miracle. I need Him to do the now, but I don't have time because I'm busy. I don't have time because of obligations from my job. I don't have time because uh, I need to make sure now, I need to make sure, don't, in, in, in what I'm about to say, boy, don't take me wrong here, because there's nothing I like doing more than spending time with my girls. Nothing I like better than spending time with my girls. But I can't spend time with them and not time with him. And I can't use that as an excuse 
Because I work a 40-plus-hour job every week. I cannot use that as, I can't, you, you may, maybe it's all right with you. I can't use that as an excuse tonight to not have time with him because I feel like that it's going to take away from time with them. Well, the psalmist said, those that seek your face are going to be people that have clean hands. They're going to be people that have a pure heart. They're going to be people that have not uh, sworn deceitfully. They're not going to have uh, fallen into vanity. It doesn't mean that these are perfect people. It means these are people that have died. It means these are people that have found themselves at an altar. Not to scrape up the remnants of what they had poured out, but to say, God, here I am in the broken state that I am. And it's on the altar when I die that he can resurrect me. And he can begin to take all of the things, all of the dirt, because clay ain't clean, all of the things that look so bad in me, as he sifts them through his hands, he begins to put something together. And then he said, okay, now, Ben, you've got clean hands right now. Right now, you've got a pure heart. Right now, you've laid everything on this altar that would, uh, that, that would pose a separation between you and I. Right now, everything with you is pure. Everything with you is clean. Everything with you that you thought was wrong, that the enemy's been telling you for five months, there's no need for you to lay on an altar and die out on an altar because you've already done it. You've already said it. You've already thought it. You've already partaken in it. You've already done all of those different kinds of things. In a few moments at an altar, God says, here I am right now. I've sifted that through my hands. It's went through the filter and through the lens of heaven, and now I'm resurrecting you into something that has clean hands. Something that has a pure heart. Something that has, you, you, may, have, you may have lived your, your whole week maybe in vanity. You may have had the mindset and, and been vain even in some ways. But in this very moment right now, I'm making you whole. I'm making you clean. I'm putting you in a place. I'm making you in a place where you can commune with me. Where you can talk to me. psalmist said, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and the righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation that seeks him. This is the people. This is the people. I said this, I, I know I've referred back now, this will be my second time, I guess, to something that I said uh, Sunday. I was making reference to sometimes how our schedules change in our service, even the formatting of our service. And when I get my mind right, and when I get my heart right, and when I, it's all about Him and it's not about me, I just use this. It's okay if I share that. Just use this as an example. I was telling the praise team, I said, we got X amount of songs, and this is the order that we're looking at, but we know that these are all subject to change. 
we don't know what the Lord's going to do in this place. And, and they all are in, agree, in agreement and understand what I'm saying. Nobody's feelings are hurt. No one is, is upset. Maybe they've practiced the same, that song for uh, three weeks and they think they're going to get to do it and something happens if they don't. If we understand because we're coming in knowing that this is not our service, right, Sister Kelly? This is God's service. But when my mind and when my heart has died and when I have got into position, when I'm dead, when I die and he begins to resurrect, I don't know how else to say that. That might not be the right word to say. But when he picks me up off of that altar, I'm not the same as I was before I got on that altar. Okay? Does that make sense? I'm not the same as I was whenever I knelt down. I could have been a no good Nothing, I could have been in the church my whole life and still been a no good, nothing. But whenever I get to a place on the altar and I die and he resurrects me and he dusts me off and he says, now this is who you are and this is the direction I'm going to go, I'll get back to my story now, okay? I said, oh, I didn't call none of them. That's not even what I was talking about. What I was saying to them was this, is that when we get in the mind of Christ and we die to our will, His will becomes our will. And then our schedules no longer matter. Our time no longer matters. I told them, just use this as an example. I said, if we are in the will of God, and there are zero songs that are sung on Sunday morning or on Sunday night, but God's will is performed and done as He desires, We have been successful as the people of God and as the leaders of God. If we practice four songs and we sing two songs and we are in the will of God and we allow and we don't step in and make a Make, say, God, you can't move until after this song or after this part of the service, this element or segment of the service, then you can move. When we let all of those things go and God has his way, then we're successful as people of God and we're in the will of God. I used a personal example. I said there's been times that I knew without a doubt in my mind, Bishop, that the word that God had given me was a word for that moment and for that hour. And I've learned a long time ago, and I ain't doing this to pat me on the back, I'm doing this because I had to get over it one day. long time ago, but I had to get over it. When I know God has given me a word, I pray, God, whatever it takes, whether I ever open my mouth or not, I believe this is the word that you've given. And someone, somehow in this service, that word is going to go forth. I have messages that I have never preached, Bishop, but they've been preached. I have direct words from God that he has given me. It could have been no different almost than if he was sitting there or texting me on the phone that I have never preached. But guess what? His will was done because he was able to move and he was able to speak. You're saying all that. What are you saying all that for? Let me, get, let me tell you what I'm saying that for. When we die and we get to the place where it's all about seeking his face, where it's all about being where he is at, where it's all about not, not what can I, what, 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 what else do I need to do, but whenever I get to the place to say, God, I've done everything that I can do. 
I need to spend more time not focusing on what needs fixed, needs attention. And I need to focus on getting myself in a place where God is at. I want to be where God is living at. I don't want my life to ever feel like that I have to be the one speaking, that I have to be the one singing. You don't want that. That I have to be the one that is doing something. I want to be where he's at. I want to be in the place. Sister Violet, in all the beauty of what he has done, and all the blessings that he has bestowed, I want to be in the place where his presence is at. I want to be in the place, I said I want to be in the place where I know that he is just as close as the mentioning of his name. I want to be in a place when the miraculous Sister Kelly needs to take place, I want to be in the place. Whether I'm just a helper with that or, I, or, 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 or I'm the one that is right there, I want to be in the place. I want to be a conduit. I want to be in the place where I can be. Something that he is fixed. I can't fix myself and then I'll think that he is going to flow and work through me. Because I'm made up of all imperfection. There is holes all in me. But at an altar, I can find a place where I can get pure hands and a pure heart. I can find a place where God can work on me. And God can, can, can mend me and He can mold me into what He wants me to be. He can get me into a place. I have made up my mind in the year 2024 that I am going to be an individual. I like what the Amplified said. It said, uh, it said this is a generation of those who seek Him, who inquire of Him and for Him and of necessity require Him. In 2024 of my life, no, not 2024 of my life, from this moment on, from this last week or so on, I'm a person, I'm an individual that requires, that requires Him. Every decision I make, Now, don't look at me like that, like you ain't made decisions before and then thought, boy, I should have asked the Lord about that before I did it. But you can look, you can if you want to. But every decision that I make requires the Lord. Everything that I seek after requires Him. He is a necessity to me. I was moved Sunday morning as pastor ministered about the baskets, and I began to think about the preparation, the preparation that they had went through to create the baskets, 
to mow. It was just nothing. There was a bunch of alligators in that river and stuff. And it was a basket that was between that water and that baby. But somebody had to say, hey, I got to get whatever I got to do. It had to have some kind of ventilation so that it would float, I'm sure. Don't get me going. I have never been able to build anything that can float. Just ask my wife, ask my kids. I have a hard time floating myself. So, (laughs) But getting a little better. But it was preparation. This was not one of them baskets that they were making in, 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 uh, uh, in mass production so that it didn't matter if everything was woven the way that it needed to be. You say, well, you're taking it. I don't know if I'm taking it out of context or not, but I am putting myself in the shoes of a parent. I believe that basket that was woven for that baby, the hands that prepared that basket put thought, put thought into everything, every fiber of that, every twig, uh, the way that they maybe braided that so that it, would, so that it wouldn't uh, begin to fall apart as the water and the moisture was on it. The thought that went into that the preparation that went into that. And just like the person, just like the mama that made the basket or the ladies in the house, or probably it might have been a family effort to make the basket so that the basket was just right. Now, my wife is hands-on crafty, but let me tell you something. If she's having to make something, my hands are going to be right there on, on that if, she, if it's something to do with my babies, okay? Well... Now, I'm not talking about making Valentine's boxes and stuff like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if it's for the well-being of my children, I want to make sure, even if it's her department, I'm going to make sure it's right. Then I'm going to say, you did that right, right? It's good. And then when I do something, I'm going to say, I did that right, right? See, I know. That's 21 years right there. That's how you do that. But these baskets... The basket was woven so that the baby could get to where the baby needed to go. And so as we put names in these baskets, I thought about how important the basket was. I'm not doing this disrespectfully tonight. But it wasn't some half, uh, halfway done thing. It was like, hey, got the baby they said we're supposed to go ahead and kill the baby, throw the baby in the river. We're obeying. We're putting the baby in the river. We've just uh, got a barrier between the baby and everything else. It's going to catch the attention of someone, and the will of God's going to be done. But it didn't just halfway go through and say, ah, well, you know what? Pastor said we need to write a name down. Pastor said we need to think about someone. Pastor said, well, I don't know who I'm going to put down. I really don't know. Well, I could put down so-and-so. Okay, there. I feel good. I checked that off my list for the day. I, I, I did what I was supposed to do. There was a need and, 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 and a name, and, and I did what I was supposed to do, and, and, I, and now I can walk away from it. But when I prepared a basket, every one of these needs means something, not just to God, but hear me, when I prepare a basket, they mean something to me. 
Do you hear what I'm saying tonight? When I prepared the basket, when I prepare the vessel, how do I prepare the vessel? There's nothing. You hear me right now. I can talk. I can do my best to talk someone in. I can do my best to even try to bargain someone in. But at the end of the day, no one can deal with the heartstrings. No one can deal with the soul like Jesus can deal with the soul. I have no control. I don't know even the name that's on this, but I have no control over their destiny. I have no control over the fate of their life. I can be a friend to them. I can help them the best that I can. I can try my best to set the best example. I can make sure if they need a dollar to give them two dollars. I can do my very best if they're cold to give them my coat and my scarf. I'll do my very best to do those things, but at the end of the day, I can only go so far. Jesus has to do the rest, but there is one thing that I can make sure of. I may not be able to meet the need. I may not be able to pull the person personally and physically out of the very grasp and grips of hell. I may not be able to do that, but I can do one thing. I can prepare a basket. And this is how I prepare a basket that has no holes in it, that isn't going to allow the pollution of the world, that's not going to allow some snake to slither in on something that God has got in an incubator. Whenever I build a basket, I'm dying, number one, i got to die out to myself so that I can be clean, so that it can be pure, so that there's not any imperfections uh, that are going to be in the basket. But then, whoa, what's a powerful thing is, is every day I put something in that basket. I put something in there that's valuable valuable to me, that's close to my heart, uh, that means something to me. I watch people not trying to watch and, and, and not be um, um, mindful of what God was doing, but I couldn't help Bishop on Sunday morning, but watch people as they come up, some with tears in their eyes, some that stood there for a moment because they were thanking God. Who, who, who can I write down? Who, who, can I, who can I believe for this year? Not because they don't have faith, not because, but because they're taking it serious and taking it personal. So tonight I ask you, have you thought about the baskets any this week? Have you thought about the baskets? I know we was going to pray over the baskets on Wednesday, and the baskets are sitting out here, and I thought, well, they probably, maybe we should put the baskets up tonight. I didn't know. We kind of had them out uh, for our prayer meeting. And so, uh, but then I thought, no, the baskets are important. The baskets have got to be, Bishop said it, we're going to leave the baskets out. We had talked about putting the baskets up and doing some different things. And Bishop said, those baskets need to be left out. Because every day I need to remember, I need to have a snapshot. I may not be able to come because of a schedule into this house every day, just like you probably aren't able to do the same thing. But I need to, in my spirit and in my mind even, I need to take a snapshot of these baskets. And I watch this people after people, and I'm not being disrespectful of this, but you can see here, these are not just a few things, but these are many things. These are many things. These are people that are dear to our heart. These are people that we don't just hope are going to make it somehow because of, uh, 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 of, a, uh, of chance or of even of luck. But these are people that need someone. Oh, God, I seek your face. I'm, I'm making sure that there's, uh, 
oh, it looks like that there may be a little tear here in this basket. I'm going to make sure, God, with your help and with my hands, that, that I've died out to you and, and, and you've given me a pure hand, you've given me clean hands and a pure heart. Now, God, I, through prayer, I'm going to try to weave this back. This is your baby. This is your miracle. But, God, this is my part. I want to be a generation as I close that seeks him, that seeks after him, that, 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 that runs in a desperate pursuit after him. The psalmist said this, I don't have it here, uh, but the psalmist says, as the, as the deer, as the heart panteth after the water brook, so does my soul thirst after you. I am in a desperate pursuit of who he is and of what he Yes, he says this in Psalms 24 and 7, after he says this is a generation in six of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O God of Jacob. He says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Now, I'm not real, I may not, I may not be the sharpest one uh, uh, in the room here, but I'm starting to put something together. I get clean hands at the altar, and it gives me an open invitation to seek Him then. It gives me a place where I can seek after the will of God for my life and for my family's life and for my church, uh, the church body and the people around me. Just in general, everything that's going on, God, this is not me. This is your will. I'm seeking after what you're doing. And then the psalmist says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. The King of glory shall come come in. Who is this king of glory? And we're dealing with impossible situations, but I begin to do what I can do. And that's get at an altar and say, clean hands, Lord, please. Pure heart, whatever you got to do, God. If it takes five seconds or if it takes five hours or if it takes five days on the altar, God, change me. Change me. Change me, God. Even if my situations around me doesn't change, change me. That's what the altar is all about. Prayer sometimes is about that. It's not about changing what is going on, but it's about changing me. It's about changing you. It's about changing our mindset. It's about changing our will. When I'm dying and when I'm dead at an altar, I have no will but God's will. And then I begin to seek His face. I begin to go in the direction that God is in. I begin to see, if you can with me tonight, I don't know how else to describe it, but it's almost like once you get to a certain place, and it's like you have dusted off, and maybe you have went to someone's house who is, is, a, great, is a great entertainer, and you have felt comfortable, and they have said, hey, if you feel comfortable, go ahead right now. Uh, we want to make sure I know that the road has been dirty. I know that life has been dirty. Here is a clean towel for you to wash your hands. Here's a nice, here's a place, a mat for you to wipe your feet off or even take your shoes off. You can get into a place where I'm at. And that spirit begins to draw as we begin to seek Him. As we begin to seek after Him, there's something that begins to draw. There's something that begins to pull. And I no longer now have my will on this side and my uh, ambitions on this side trying to direct me in what I should do. And it's just the will of God. And God's pulling me. And God's saying, seek after me. And I'm saying, I... I 
I'm coming after you. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry for, for what you have. I, I'm thirsty. I'm like the deer that panteth after the water brook. So God, I'm thirsting after you. And all of a sudden the psalmist says it doesn't stop there. We liked for it to get to that place where it's a cozy place. And God says, if you'll come just a little bit deeper, if you'll come just a little bit further, the things that you put in the basket, the things that you've been incubating, the things that you've been, you're fixing to get into a place. Something's about to walk into the room. Something's about to get in the basket with the baby. Something's about to get in there with the need that's been wrote on there. Something's about to get on that loved one that seems like they're a million miles away. Something is about to move. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. The psalmist said, lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Clean hands, pure heart, mind's clear, spirit is clean. I'm not me anymore, God. I'm the vessel that you have put together. Good, bad, you have, you've designed it. Then I begin to seek your face. I begin to seek the will of God. I begin to not look after the things that I have once wanted, but what you want, oh God. And I have, you're a necessity to me. I require you in every situation of my life. And the Lord says, here I am. And the Lord, strong and mighty. See, that don't sound real powerful, all of this stuff of getting clean hands and a pure heart. Maybe it does to you. It just doesn't sound, it just, it, it, it's kind of like the law, you know, it's just kind of. And then all of a sudden the Lord says, now lift up your head. Now look at where you're at. While some people said, ah, no, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to do that. God's not telling them lift up your head. They still don't know what's going on. They're still walking around again and again and again. And Ben sometimes is still walking around and saying, well, God, this is, you know, you see the thing that I put in this old basket. And, and it was very moving that day. And it was, it, it was really, I thought that if we did this, then you would begin to work. You see the need in my family. You see the need in my kid's life. You see the need at my job. And I've given that to you that one time. And, I, and, and, and now I, I, don't know, I don't know why uh, uh, things are not working like they should work but when I put in the time the Lord says okay now lift up your heads look up right now look up right now look up right now I believe the Lord is saying in the very beginning of this year if you'll start doing I can only speak for me, but I'm going to tell you what I feel him speaking to me. If you'll do what I have given you pastors after my own heart I have given you men of God who have sought my face. You hear me right now? Pastor Dustin is not here tonight. But before I ever even think about a situation and dying at an altar of something, a challenge that goes forth from across this pulpit from our pastor, he's already been at an altar. Sometimes for months at an altar. Bishop, sometimes years at an altar, waiting for the right time. And I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost tonight that this is the right time. 
And I'm going to tell you what the adversary would lie to you. Now, you hear me. I'm going I'm to tell you why. I know that the adversary said this because I even could hear him just kind of whispering it past me. Prayer again. Now, you look at me quiet if you want to. Prayer again. We're going to meet on Monday nights. Prayer. We're going to start, our care groups are going to start praying throughout the week on different nights. Different things are going to unfold. And we're going to pray. Because guess what? Prayer takes our time. Prayer takes our time. And if there has ever been an hour, if there's ever been a moment... I don't mean that disrespectfully. I'm trying to tell someone in the Holy Ghost not to listen to what the adversary would say about prayer. This is not one of them just lull me down to sleep prayers. This is one of those prayers that in about a month, two months, three months, somewhere in there, somebody that said, I'm going to do what the pastor has said and what God has directed me to do. All of a sudden, you're going to hear a voice from heaven that says, lift up your head. What is that? The King of Glory is speaking right now. And he begins to move and he begins to speak exactly and he begins to work the miraculous exactly like you have. You couldn't even imagine that it took, that, that, that how it could happen or how it could even take place. And in a moment, God's going to begin to work and God's going to begin to move. Because we're a generation that seeks him. We seek your face tonight, God. We're seeking after you, oh God. We require you. You are a necessity to us. We are, we, we are nothing without you. I don't want to go a moment without you, God. I know that sounds a little silly right now, but, but it's really not. I don't want to go a moment without you. I don't want to go nowhere without you. I got to get back to the place. I told the Lord this week, I got to get back to the place to where when you said don't go there, I don't go there. I ain't talking about bad places. I mean, if God says it ain't time to go to the grocery store, then don't go to the grocery store. If He says don't go on the interstate, take the back roads, take the back roads. If He says, hey, you usually take the back roads, you better take the interstate tonight. I'm going to listen to what God has to say. I know that sounds a little silly tonight, but I want to be positioned where God is at so that God can speak, so that God can move, so that God, I want to be someone that seeks after Him. I can't have faith. Paul would say it like this, it is impossible to please God without faith. And I've got to be in a place where I'm in a pursuit of Him. I cannot have faith without a pursuit of Him. I cannot have faith without seeking Him first. I want to seek Him in everything that I do. Would you bow your heads tonight? Would you just begin to talk to the Lord tonight in whatever way you feel comfortable tonight? But Would you just talk to Him and just be real with Him tonight? I haven't said anything that's new tonight, but could we just, I just want to remind somebody that God is in the business of working. He's in the details of our prayer. He's in, he's in that place, the most important thing that He's called us to. This is not a call to even a house of worship. This is a house of prayer. And I want to pray so that I can be in His will, so that I can do what He would have me to do. Lord, I love you tonight.
Lord, I pray tonight, Jesus, that I would stop trying to get from point A to point B without first placing it in the basket tonight, without first taking the time on the altar for a basket to be woven tonight, oh God. I thank you tonight, God, that you're calling us as a body collectively back to prayer. I'm thankful that you're calling me as an individual and as my family, as the head of my household, God, back to a consecrated time of prayer. Prayer is not an option for us anymore, oh God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Maybe you're sitting next to your spouse or your children. Why don't you right now, if it's appropriate, why don't you lay your hand on their shoulder or take them by the hand and would you just begin to pray. Just release. There's something powerful in this house tonight. Just begin to pray right now. Maybe you want to move. Maybe you want to get up from where you're at. Maybe you want to stay where you are. There's a sweet presence of the Lord that's in this room. God is calling us. Oh, we don't know what's ahead of us, but we know who's in us tonight. We don't know the path that we're going to have to take, but we know who's leading us tonight.